Okay, super quick before we dive into this amazing content from this fabulous guest on the David Nurse Show, just want to thank you for being a committed listener. Means the world to me. And if you have 9.2 seconds and you can go to Apple Podcasts or Podcast App, anywhere podcasts are found, and subscribe and leave a review, that would be huge. It helps me get better guests on, bigger guests on, more guests on, but also helps people who are searching for podcasts come across this content and provide value in their life. A few other things I want to let you know about. I am opening up a brand new coaching program, the Breakthrough Squad. I'm only taking 30 people because it's pretty intensive and it's 90 days starting January 9th. You can go to davidnurse.com for more info or just message me. Hit me up on social media. I will respond to you. Trust me, I will. davidnurse.com, Breakthrough Squad. Awesome, awesome. I'm also doing a mastermind a mastermind where some of the top thought leaders, we're going to go to an NBA game, the NFL Rams Stadium, me and David Meltzer are doing this together. We have some of our friends who are just incredible people coming in to speak. Yeah, it's going down February 24th, Friday through Sunday morning, February 26th in Los Angeles. Tickets will fly. They'll go so fast. So message me if you're interested in that as well. The coaching program, the mastermind, and just reach out to me. If I can help you in any way, please, please let me know. I would love to. It's what it's, it's my passion. It's what I'm juiced up about. Okay, now check out the podcast. Let me know how you like it, and send me any questions for when I do the next Q&A. I'd love to hear from you. Have an amazing, amazing day. Sean, Casey, welcome to the David Nurse Show. Man, it's such an honor to have you on this podcast. I remember when I was young watching you jack bombs for the Reds. <laughs> now you're dropping bombs on stage, keynote speaking, podcasts, and pouring into mental performance optimization. And those are exactly the type of people we love having on this podcast. And man, I can already feel your energy through this podcast. Sean, how you doing, brother? David, what's up, man? So thankful you have me on, brother. Looking forward to connecting with you, and uh, feel like we've connected in a few, a few different areas, uh, you know, with some some of the same people. So thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate it. It is crazy how life works like that. We we didn't even know it, but we're both at the same elevation worship concert yeah. in L.A. Probably like bumping elbows, sweating on each other, <laughs> yeah. throwing praise up. It's like, oh yeah, man, crazy. you were there too. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay. Incredible. Shot. Start us off with a bang, something different. It can be out there, anything. And uh, we know you're this amazing baseball player and, like I said, podcast host, speaker, doing so much, but something a little bit different that most people yeah. don't know. Uh, you know, something a little bit different. I, don't, I like to cook, man. I'm a pretty good cook. Ooh, I'm a pretty good okay. cook. You know, big, you know, not like, not like next level, but like I cook every night. I like to cook like, you know, some good steaks, maybe a little, maybe a little uh, red curry here, maybe a little, uh, you know, the chicken parm, something like that, you know, something like that. But I, I love cooking, man. Cooking is, I don't like eating out. Okay. Love that about you. Now, selfishly, I'm not a great cook. Want to learn. <laughs> you said steak, big steak fan, kind of on the, the animal animal kind of food type of thing is eating a lot of steak yeah. tell me how to make the most epic steak oh dude well what i'm, I'm kind of well, down doing? that path too you know on the love it on the good meats um yeah what are you doing how am i good, how am i gonna make yeah. this steak well it's all about you got to get i mean for me it's get a good grass-fed filet 
right? Good grass-fed okay. filet. And I think what you do is you you get the uh, the cast iron skillet, put a little put a little olive go. oil, a little butter in there, a little butter, right? You boom, you hit it for a couple minutes on each side, and then and then you put some butter in there, a little rosemary. Bam! You start putting that butter over top, and all of a sudden you get it so it's medium rare. That's how I like it, and I cook it up. Take it off, David. Bam, I start cutting it up and off and rolling it. And listen, you know, I got two teenage girls. So if the teenage girls like it, bro, that's the that's the barometer uh, you got to set. You know, it's not yes. Guy Fieri and those guys. You can get two teenage girls to like your filet mignon. You're heading in the right direction. Okay. Unbelievable here. My new favorite product for health. Crazy that I hadn't heard of this before. Pendulum pendulumlife.com let me break this down for you okay so we know that glucose spikes is what makes us fat added fat they have pendulum glucose control which supports your metabolic health metabolism is the key thing to burning fat staying in great shape this glucose control it helps lower your glucose spikes boost your metabolism supports gut health yeah you better believe i'm using that and they have what's called Acromanzia. Okay, so check this out. This is the first and only brand, Pendulum, to offer Acromanzia. It is the key strain for gut health. It nourishes and regulates the gut lining, which we know the gut lining, the gut microbiome, is basically like our second brain. They feed each other. Acromanzia nourishes the gut microbiome, helps you support a healthy weight, and literally helps you stay healthy and not get sick over time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, seriously, I've been using this and my gut is awesome. Glucose control, awesome. Feel with ton of energy. Haven't been getting sick. Pendulum, pendulumlife.com. They are changing the game in probiotics. No longer do you have to guess. That's the worst. You order something from Amazon, you're like, yeah, I hope this works. Yeah, you don't have to guess anymore. Pendulum is changing the game of gut microbiome. And just for you, for listening to this podcast, code DAVID20 at checkout. Go to pendulumlife.com. Notes, well, this will be in the show notes. This is P-E-N-D-U-L-U-M life.com. Code DAVID20. I'm telling you, this, <laughs> it's the real deal. Check it. Oh, great, great. And I heard you say butter three times, so I think the key is let's <laughs> yes. pour some butter on that bad boy. My wife would love Dude. that as well. Okay, man, my, I'm salivating over here. Can't wait for tonight. I'm going to try it out. I'm literally going to try it out and send you a picture of it. All right, but Please other do. than that, other than the cooking thing, I mean, that, that could be a future for you. Who knows what, what the, the world's got for you. But let's talk about a situation where you weren't, Sean Casey, the MLB stud, like you didn't know if you were necessarily going to make it. There was a point in everybody's life, every high performer's life, where they hit a roadblock. They hit a wall. Can you talk us through a difficult situation like that and, and how you overcame that to find your breakthrough for who you became? Wow, man, I, I have, I guess I have so many different ways I could go here. Um, you know, probably my biggest one, if I, if, if I really go back, I mean, I had so many, I had so much adversity in the big leagues itself, because at the end of the day, if you choose the profession as a baseball player, you're choosing a profession where you fail 70% of the time. And they're like, Hey, great job. You know, any, anywhere else you fail 70% of the time. They're like, you're fired. You know, that's the way it goes. So 
you know, in baseball, you're just, you're dealing with fate with, with failure all the time. And I, yeah, I always like that. I always like that term as I grew a little older failures feedback, like, what am I going to do with mm. that? But I go back probably, man, you know, in, in my story goes all the way back to when I was about 14 years old, like didn't play much uh, in, in high school on my freshman team. I remember coming home to my dad and saying, you know, dad, Hey, listen, you know, um, you know, can you go talk to the coach real quick? Because he doesn't realize how good of a player I am. You know, he doesn't, he didn't watch the 11, 12 year old, 13 old all-star teams that I was dominating in. And I remember my dad, and I think back to this now because, you know, my dad's been grinding a little bit these last few months and we've had some time to, uh, to reflect. He's had an open heart surgery twice. And, mm. you know, we've had some moments where we sat back and, and, and talked about, you know, some of the conversations we had and things that happened. And remember, my, I remember as a father too, David, you know, it, you know, understanding that is like, man, there's certain conversations you have with your kids. Like, am I saying the right thing? Do I, do the kids need a no here? Yeah, do the kids need a yes here? You know, what do they, what do they need? You know, what do they need a little tough love? And I remember my dad, with this conversation might've changed the trajectory of my life. Remember my dad telling me, Hey, listen, appreciate the conversation, but no, I'm not going to go talk to the coach. He said, there's a batting cage that opened up in the town next to us. He's like, why don't you, why don't you start taking accountability for yourself and start hitting every day, start putting the work in. He's like, cause nothing's going to ever given, be given to you in life. He's like, and I'll make a deal with you. If you start to hit every day, I'll buy you the tokens. You know, it was tokens back then. You know, you go to this, the Grand Slam USA, you know, they, you go and they buy tokens for you. And, and, and my dad didn't make a ton of money at the time, traveling salesman. And, and I remember thinking, man, this is a big deal for him to say this to me. And I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start hitting every day. So I did, bro. I, I dove in. Nice. I started hitting every nice. day. I just wanted to start JV. So I start JV the next year. And I was like, man, this stuff really works. When you have consistency and discipline in your, in, in, in your, in your craft, when you want to develop any sort of skill, you know what I mean? It, it takes that marginal gains. It takes the everyday, you know, kind of putting the work in. So I start, my, I start JV my, my sophomore year. I'm like, man, my dad, my, my dad was right. And the other message he always said to me was preparation meeting opportunity. You're going to have an opportunity opportunity one day if you want to play college baseball he's like it'd be a shame if you weren't ready for it and I remember I come up boom my junior year I start varsity senior year I start varsity and I start getting better and better bro like it's working like the, the you know I met this guy uh, named Frank Porco who was my hitting coach hit with him for 30 minutes on every Tuesday night and then I would hit, I would take swings every day six seven days a week and then I would look forward to that Tuesday night to to get the skill going, like keeping the front shoulder and rotating on the backside, developing that skill, right? So my senior year, I'm a pretty good hitter at this point. I've been hitting every day for almost three and a half years, and 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 I'm really starting to become a better player. And and I and I wanted to play college baseball, but no one, <laughs> no one's contacting me because I think the way I ran, they're like, this guy doesn't run. He looks like he's ice skating in quicksand. You know, I don't know if this guy, you know, <laughs> is the best athlete. So I'm not getting any inquiries. And I was so frustrated at the time. I remember telling my dad, hey, dad, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I'm not getting division two, three or one, you know, forget division one. I. I can't even get two or three to come look at me. And he said something great. He had just started his own company, Casey Chemical. He was he was doing the network marketing back then, brother. You know, what you had to do was you had to send out, yeah. you know, I would come home and I, I and I knew how many letters he would send out. I think he would send out 5,000 letters, you know, every few months. And I would always, I would always stuff them and lick them and send them off right back in the day with a sponge. I get the wet sponge and we do that and send it out. And my dad would always be like, if I send out this many letters and a couple come back, bam, we're going to eat this month. We're going to be able to do, do some of the things we want, but you got to go out there and get it. So he said, listen, nobody's coming for you, Sean, in life. 
He goes, nobody's coming to you and, and they're not going to come here to hold your hand. And, and he goes, you have to go to them. He says, so, so why don't tomorrow after school, we'll sit down. Tell me 30 colleges that you, that, that you that have contacted you or that you think you might want to go to and start writing letters. So I did. I wrote down 30 letters, bro. College of Wooster, College of Marietta, um, Penn State, Clemson, it, wherever it was, I wrote down 30 letters. And this is funny because there's no social media back then. This is 1992. You know what I mean? And so the last letter, I wrote 30 letters. My dad came up with a flyer. He's like, the last letter was the University of Richmond. He goes, hey, Sean, send a send a letter to University of Richmond. They sent you a flyer, a brochure. I'm like, all right, you know, back then, brochures don't even exist now. You know, back then they yeah, give you a brochure. Yeah. I'm like, all yeah. right. So it was the 30th, 31st letter at Coach Atkins, University of Richmond. You know, I'd love to come here. Boom. So, bro, my, my senior year goes by, and I'm thinking to myself, man, my dad is not – there's no opportunities coming along here. This, this one isn't working out. With four games to go, we're playing this team, Montour, here. You know, I'm, I'm from Pittsburgh, you know, a suburb called Upper St. Clair. We're playing uh, Montour. Uh, first at bat, bam, I hit a rocket left center. Next at bat, bam, rocket to, to right center, right? I ended up going four doubles, eight RBIs, best game of my life. One of the best games of my career, literally, at that time. Yeah. Jerry Malarkey, my head coach, comes out to me. I'm going out for the seventh inning to play first base. We're winning big. He says, hey, Case, man, how many hits you got today? I got four hits, coach. He goes, how many doubles? Four doubles, eight RBIs. He goes, that's great, man. He goes, you see the behind the backstop there? That's Coach Mark McQueen from the University of Richmond drove six hours on the letter that you wrote him to come see you play. And I literally was like, you got to be kidding me. After the game, I shook his hand. We talked. The next day, he said he would call me back, said he really liked my swing, offered me a $1,000 scholarship. It was the only scholarship I got, one Division One, Two, II, or Three. That's how I ended up at the University of Richmond. And th th it's an incredible story because, you know, I started my freshman year at Richmond. My second year, I did well, went to the Cape Cod League. My third year, bro, I was the I won the NCAA batting title, the number one hitter in Division One baseball. And I think back, not only five years earlier, I had that conversation with my dad to say, "Could you go talk to the coach about freshman baseball? Because I need you to help me out here." And and basically his message was, "You got to help yourself out." And when it came to writing letters, I got to help. You got to help yourself out. And then three years later, like I said, I was a Division One batting champion. I can't believe it to this day. And I was a second round pick for the Cleveland Indians. And then my journey started there. Onto the big leagues. That feeling when you are just recharged, you don't have any sickness, no ailments, you have full optimal energy, you are functioning at your highest level. You want to recreate that? Yeah, sure, you do, I do, we all do. And then you can times it by 10. What I'm about to tell you is going to blow your mind. So hold on here. This, this is real. Hyperbaric chamber. If you don't know what it is, look it up right now. Look up Elevate Health. E-L-E-V-E health.com. It's an oxygen miracle. What it is, HBOT, the hyperbaric chamber. It's a simple and non-invasive therapy where you go into this. It places a body in a pressurized environment that allows extra oxygen to dissolve in the blood plasma and travel freely throughout your circulatory system, getting more red blood cells flowing naturally to the body's function. It's going to help you kill off any harmful bacteria. It's gonna help you detox, increase your oxygen concentration, resist and fight infection, heal wounds faster, improve oxygen supply, reduce swelling, stop infection, lower inflammation, all while you're relaxing in the chamber. 
I, I, I kid you not, this is what the pros, the top Olympic athletes, what everybody uses for the highest optimization recovery. This is called Hyperbaric Chamber HBOT from Eleve Health, E-L-E-V-E Health.com. Message me separately too if you want to get a specific deal on this. Check it out as you're a sports team, if you're an individual, if you're just somebody who loves optimization, it will be an absolute life changer for you. Dude, that is an amazing story. That is powerful. You hit on three points that literally every successful person that reaches their goals and dreams does. One, you said the power of preparation. Your dad told you, hey, get in the batting cage. You did it time after time after time again. The power of preparation. Two, consistency. That is the word I hear every time, which is, it's the most boring answer, but it's the most true answer. And it works. It literally works. And then it's three. the secret sauce, right? It is. It's the secret, it's the not secret so sauce. secret sauce, which is crazy. Right. And then you took action. You literally took action. And you wrote those letters. And on that 31st one, and that's how it happens. You did it, man. You did it. So you make it to the major leagues. All right? Now, what, like, I want to I go through your mind. As I know you're a mental performance coach at the highest level and People go through a lot of pressure situations, whether it's in their company, whether it's just in their day-to-day, or it's you stepping into the most pressure-packed situation literally on the face of the planet at bat with 95, 98-mile-per-hour fastballs coming at you. So walk us through this, this stepping at the plate. What is your routine? What is, how, do you, how do you feel calm in the storm and slow that ball down? What's going through your mind? Well, I think the biggest thing was, uh, you know, I was very fortunate. My dad, my dad, when I was 16 years old, another thing bought, bought me the mental game of baseball by Harvey Dorfman and Carl Keel back then. And I, for whatever reason, I fell in love with it, man. And I just started to really dive into this book. I didn't read it at the time, man. I, I just didn't love books at 16. Who loves books at 16, you know? <laughs> but this book, this book I loved. And I just fell in love with it. And, you know, what the great thing about the mental game of baseball, it could, be, it could easily be the mental game of life right? Because baseball mirrors life at times, right? And there was a few key things that that popped out at me. First off, process over results, right? So at the true. end of the day, you got to focus on the task at hand, especially for, for a baseball player. At the end of the day, baseball is golf in a team atmosphere. No yeah. one can help you when you're in the box. No one can help you on the mound. There's, there's, there's no pick you can set. There's no guard that can pull for you. There's no good defense you can play in basketball, whatever. Guess what? If you don't have belief in yourself, if you don't have inner trust in yourself that you put in the work, if you don't know how to calm down and breathe, if you don't know how to have a process that you've mastered, guess what, man? This game will eat you up and spit you out. And like, that's why I say it. Sometimes it's a lot like life. Like we get in that in, in the situation of life. It's it, it can be tough at times. And I always think baseball wasn't meant to be easy. It's a tough sport, you know, and, and life at times not, is not meant to be easy. So when I go back to the things that helped me so much, man, I always say, you can, you can take a million swings in the cages. Anyone could do that. You can go lift the, the heaviest weights and deadlift and, and be the strongest guy in the world. We can all do that. But what are you doing to work on the mental side of your game? What are you doing to get your mind to a, a situation where you, you know how to breathe? You know how to get yourself into the moment. You know how to calm down the situation. So when I go back... To, to my, you know, to playing in the big leagues, 
man, that process of an at-bat was so important for me. And my process was this. And I, I go back to an at-bat uh, against Adam Wainwright in, 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 the, in the World Series 2006. And I remember Harvey Dorfman telling me this when I first started playing. Well, it was in the book. Not when I first started playing, before I met him. Because beca beca I called him when I got to the biggest. Like, dude, I feel like I've known you for years. Could we talk on the phone? And we did. But one of the things that, that he always talked about was, hey, listen, make your process so good that it doesn't matter whether it's game two of the year, nobody on, nobody out in the first inning is just as important whether it's mm. game five, game seven of the World Series, bases loaded, game on the line, tie game. And I remember that early on. And what's so funny is I had it happen to me. I literally had it happen to me in 2006, wow. nine years into the big leagues, um, hadn't been to the postseason yet. So I knew how important that was. I remember grabbing Justin Verlander and pulling him aside. He was a rookie. I pulled him aside. I go, hey, don't take this for granted. This is my ninth year in the big leagues. I don't know how many more years I have. I've never been to the postseason, let alone the World Series. Sit down. Enjoy it. Take it all in because you never know when you'll be here again. And sure enough, you know, had a couple great moments in the World Series. Go to game five. I'll never forget this at bat. It's Adam Wainwright's, Adam Wainwright's rookie year, and he's a closer at the time. He's 97, 98 miles an hour, 94 to 98, big 12-6 hook, and a nasty changeup, right? He's a three-pitch mixed pitcher because he's a starter, but he's closing as a, you know, in his rookie year. Game five, we're down three games to one uh, in St. Louis, and on the, I'm on deck to start the inning. So the first guy gets out, and I come up, one out, you know, the guy before me gets out, and bam, here I come. I'm, I'm, I'm the second hitter. Now, obviously, in this situation, it's a 4-2 ball game. We're, 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 you know, we're two outs away from losing the World Series, but we're also, we're also you know, one, one hit away from getting back into it, you know, blooping a blast, get on base, whatever it takes to get on base. So, um, so I come up. First pitch, he throws me a, a fastball, 94-95, outside black. Bam, I take it, 0-1. Next pitch, he comes up, he drops you a changeup on me. I swing through it, 0-2. Now, brother, this is incredible because, you know, you talk about training. Like, I love that quote. You know, you don't rise to the occasion. You sink to your level of training and habits, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, and if it was never more true than this moment right here in my life, I stepped out when it was 02. Now, think about this. Every St. Louis fan that's there, 60,000 people at Bush Stadium and the millions across the world are like, you know, this, we got this guy. One more strike and he's out. And, and, I stepped out. It was the first time in my career. I heard such a piercing ring in my ears. I'd never heard a noise this loud in my life. Wow. All these people cheering so loud. And, and, and I just remember being startled by it. Wow, that is so loud. And, and I remember like, I, you know, I remember thinking like, there's all these voices going in my head right now. And it's not the voice that I need. The voice I need is my voice. Right. And I got all these voices in my head. I'm like, no, 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 no. You got this. Because this is the situation where it was nobody on, nobody out in the second game of the year in the first inning. And now here you are in the World Series, game on the line, down 0-2, and, and the pandemonium is happening. You got this because you've got a process you've worked on. You've got a process you've mastered. you got you got something that you could take right now. You have the tools to get back into this. So what I did was I stepped and I took a big deep breath in through my nose, out, boom. And I took another one because I was like, you know what? I got to double down here because... This is, this is as loud as I've ever heard. So I took another deep breath. I got back in the box, and here was my process from day one to nine years in the big leagues in the World Series. I said, okay, see the ball, be easy, hammer it, 
look middle away, hunt the fastball, react in. So sure enough, I got back to one, two, I got back to two, two. Then he threw me, then he threw me a curveball. I believe I fouled it down the line places. And, and, and what I want to say is David, I don't even know if there's another person here. I feel like I'm in high school. Now I got this guy on the mound and I'm in the box. And all I care about is that ball. It doesn't matter. You could have had a rocket launcher out there. If the ball came across the plate, that's my, that's my job. My job is to control the controllables, control that plate. And if it comes across the plate, that's what I got to do well to be great at my job. So I get, gets back to two, two gets it back. I get it to three, two. And then Wainwright threw me one, I think 94, 95. I hit a, I hit one of the, you know, for me, I'm one of the hardest balls line drive over second base. Bam. It hit the wall. I end up getting a double, but I remember back to that at bat because it's one of my favorite at bats of, of my career. And the only reason I say that is because all the stuff you talked about, all the stuff we just talked about, the process over results, focus on the task at hand, see the ball be easy, slow the game down, live in the moment. You know, it all came in a, in a situation where there was a mass chaos around me, but I was still able to hone in and do my job and execute the way I needed to execute. Sean, you are a phenomenal storyteller. I literally felt like I was there in the box with you. Your energy just comes through this podcast, too, and it's why I know you're a great speaker and you'll continue to blow people away speaking. But you know what's great about that? Like, you were under this pressure pack situation, but you were able to step out in the moment. Most people will just let it overcome them and aren't able to literally be self-aware, snap your fingers, step out, take a breath. And the process, the process, you went through your checks like just I, hey, all you did was go through your checks. You didn't complicate it. You didn't. You didn't have a zillion things you had to think about. You're like I've done this a million times before. This all it is is me and the pitcher. All I'm gonna do is look for this one pitch, this one thing. When it crosses the plate, that's it. And you yep. just erase the outside noise, man. It is beautiful. And I think that's like one of the biggest hurdles for people to overcome is the outside noise. And you just magnificently described it to the highest level. So wow, dude, amazing! Um, blown away. Well, it's, by you know, that. it's 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 that power of perspective, right? At the end of the day, I can get caught up, I can get caught up in this perspective that the moment's too big, or I can get yeah. caught up in the tools that I have. That no, 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 I got this. Yeah. You know? So, do you find yourself using similar tools that you used on the baseball field to what you use nowadays as a podcast host, a speaker, a thought leader, a mental skills coach? Are these similar tools? Are you finding yourself using different tools? Like, I'm just trying to get deep into your brain because you have something, man. You have something very valuable that that the world needs, and, and especially in the, the time of life that we live in when mental health crisis is just running yeah. rampant. Like, give us some more of your favorite yeah. tools, maybe when you were playing or maybe now that you use on a daily basis. Yeah. Well, you know what, brother? I feel like, like I said, I really believe this wholeheartedly. And, and yeah, I, I do think we do have a mental health thing, you know, nowadays, especially I have, you know, you have kids, you, you see the world we live in, you see the rates of depression nowadays, the anxiety and stress that we have, you know, especially because we're all on our phones and we're kind of like, you know, we're living, other, we're reacting to life instead of creating life. You know what I mean? We're all just, hey, hey, yes. you know, what's going on with this guy on Instagram and comparison, yes. you know, instead of being content with who we are. So when I look at, I think this is what I love baseball. I love baseball because it mirrors life. I really believe that. And, and at the end of the day, baseball is a tough sport. You know, it's, it's a grind. It's a grind. It, it's 162 games in 180 days. 
You want to talk about grinding? Wow. I remember talking to Sid Crosby one time, you know, got to know some of these guys with the Penguins. You know, one of the greatest hockey players ever. And I remember him, we were sitting in the locker room, in the Penguin locker room after a practice. And he was like, how do you guys do it, man? Because I asked him, how do you do, how do you guys do this? Sprinting up and down the ice. And he goes, how do you guys do it? performing every single night like it's different to like play 80 games but 162 knowing you have to mentally perform every night and so you know i think that 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 helped me you know for for life now because i think the biggest thing is you can do anything one day at a time yeah you can do anything one day at a time when you were when i was in the baseball season i had to have such a foolproof routine every day was so critical that i followed a routine and, and created habits that served me that come 705 when I had to face a Randy Johnson or Greg Maddox or whoever it was that night that I was ready to go mentally, right? That I was ready to go. And I look at that in life now. Like when I wake up in the morning, like I look at it like I got to win my mornings. How do I win my mornings? Like, you know, when I get up in the morning, you know, I just, I, I you know, first thing I do, I, you know, I, I, I drink a green drink, you know, I kind of get my body going. Then I go downstairs and I, you know, I might, I, I, I do some readings and, you know, I, I, I like to meditate a little bit and, and, and then I exercise because physiology drives psychology. I really believe that physiology drives psychology. And sure. so some of the stuff I do, I, I like to Peloton every day, you know, no matter what, like, even if it's five minutes, I always say it's, it's okay to suck, not okay to skip. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, mm. even if it's five minutes, I just need to get the, the, the I need to get the furnace burning, right? I got to need, need to get the energy going. So, you know, and, and so Look at it. The breathing is so important, which it was so important when I played. The routines now in my life are so important. It was important when I played. My physiology is so important. It was important when I played. So, like, so many things that I do now in my life, you know, help me so much, <clears throat> just like they did when I played, man. And, I, and like I said, I really believe you don't just rise to the occasion. You know, you, you, you sink to your level of trainings and habits. And I think the same thing in life, like, how well are you eating? How well you sleep? How well you move? A lot of the stuff you probably talk about too, man. I believe consistency and discipline. Can you do it every day? And you look back, I was saying this about Albert Pools. I remember having a conversation with Scott Rowland and Mike Piazza at the 2004 All-Star game. We're in the, we're in the, uh, we're in the clubhouse. And we're, this is before we're going out to batting practice. Pools was dominating at the time. Dominating, right? He was just a above everybody else, him and Bonds. And so I said to uh, Scott Rowland, who was the third baseman of the Cardinals, I said, Scott, what is it, man? What makes Albert, we're all all-stars in here. What makes him at a different level than we are? He goes, Case, I've never seen anything like it. He goes, it could be a Tuesday night in Kansas City, 105 degrees. We could be down nine, nothing, two outs in the ninth. This guy's going to put together a 12, 13, 14 pitch at bat. He never wastes a pitch, not one pitch, over 162 games. He goes, he goes, it's incredible. And that's why he's the best in the best. Now, that's 2004, David. It's 2022. We just watched Albert Pujols hit 700 homers. Yeah. 700. He's one of four guys in the history of the game. That's amazing. You don't get the 700 homers, um, 2,000 RBIs, 3,000 hits, all that stuff, if you're not consistent and disciplined in your pro approach every single day. And here's the deal every single pitch because if you waste a pitch in the big leagues you wasting a bat you wasting a bat you start to waste games you waste games you ain't hitting 700 home runs brother it ain't, it ain't happening it's beautiful man it is consistency and discipline that's the key people think it's something that's hard i mean it is hard to do but it's it's just every day every day how 
do you show up every day? And Sean, just through yeah. knowing who you know, the people that I know are similarities and just on this podcast, like I know you show up with this energy, with this enthusiasm, yeah. with this passion every single day. That's who you yeah. are. And that consistency, that discipline breeds freedom. Now that you have this, like right. you can do what you want because you have been consistent yeah. and disciplined. The art of how you show up, man, that's good. Run that yeah. section. Run this whole podcast back if you're listening right now. <laughs> Hit repeat. <laughs> listen to it every day this week, and I promise you. But that's actually key, though. Like, if you find something that really helps you with this podcast is absolutely helping so many people, listen to it again and again and again. Yeah. And then go teach what Sean's telling you. There's so many nuggets in here. All right, Sean. Okay, rapid fire as we wind down here. I'm going to throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. Whatever comes to yeah. your mind, this can be quick answers. Yep. The first one I got for you as a – as a big time learner and grower and just committed to that process, what are some things that uh, that you like? What are some of your favorite books maybe or favorite podcasts that you listen to? Kind of your go-to um, learning and growth. Well, you know what? I love I love um, the Tools uh, book by Phil Stutz and, and Barry Michael. One of my favorite books. Another yep. book they have called Coming Alive. I love that. Big Daily Stoic Guy, Mental yep. Game of Baseball. Um, let me think tools of the Titans with Tim Ferriss yep. is a great one. I just love all the brains that he picked. There's a book called the new emerging man by Michael DeSani that I really like. Um, and there's a platform right now. Um, buddy of mine, Brian Johnson, who did philosopher's notes, you know, has an app called heroic and it's incredible as far as like, you know, tracking your habits and, and really like playing your game of life, oh, playing cool. your game of life. What's your protocol? What's your process for being the best version of David nurse? What's my process for being the best version of me? Because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what's really important is like control the controllables. If I control my energy and make sure I'm the best version of myself, then I can give that to my girlfriend. I can give that to my kids. I can give that to my friends. I can give that to you if I take Mm -hmm. care of my energy every day. So what's your protocol, your process for your game of life? It's great, man. And Check out Sean on Ed Milet podcast, Jim Rome, mutual friends of ours. Yes. By this time the podcast come out, he is going to be blowing up all over the place, as you absolutely should, man. Just like, do you like, I, I can tell you love tools, mental tools. I'm the same way. Like, you got to have tools. You got to have actionable things. And just yeah. hearing your storytelling ability, your tools that you're given, like, you've got a, a phenomenally bright future in the speaking world. That's what it's all about, man. And, and talk to us about that. You're doing. Thank you mental performance coaching you're getting more into yeah. speaking what's that look like how yeah. can we follow that how can we support that jump on board with you yeah man. yeah thank you brother yeah i started a, i started a program called breakthrough pro you know like taking your mind you know you're thinking to the pro level you know that's some <clears throat> one thing and then also too just i love i love being able to impact people love to be there's a lot of people that impacted me my whole life mm. especially like a guy like Harvey Dorfman and some of these great mentors I had and coaches in the big leagues, my dad. And I just love to share the, some of the tools that I've learned that, that work for me. So, you know, you could, you can find me at SeanCasey.live. You can find me at um, the mayor's office at the mayor's office, MLB uh, on Instagram and at the mayor's office on Twitter. Um, and uh, man, I, you know, it's just, I, I'm just grateful, bro. I'm grateful to connect with guys like you grateful for what you do, man. And, and, and impacting so many people and how motivational you are talking to others. So, you know, I think the more we can spread the word that like, you know, living a life, it, it, living life with gratitude as your baseline, right. You know, every day, I think, I think that's one of the messages I look at, like just living your life in gratitude every day 
and and being able to have that as the baseline for your days. Love it, man. And the most beautiful thing about this is we are all on the same team. Everybody in this space is how can we reach people? How can we help? How can we serve and pour into them? So the thing that you will love as you continue to grow in this, which you absolutely will, is the relationships, man. People want to support yeah. you. People want to encourage you, want to help. It's just you don't find that much. I mean, professional sports, coaching in the NBA, I'm sure you had that some in baseball. Like, people are kind of looking out for themselves. But in this, yeah. people are looking out for other people. And it's uh, it's, uh, it's how life should yeah. be, man. Okay, Love question that, man. question for you. Who was the yeah. hard – like, when you stepped up to the plate, who was the pitcher you feared the most? <laughs> Like you said, like Man, you knew it, you were going against yeah. this guy. You're like, oh god, here we go, here we go. You know, you know, it's funny. Randy Johnson was a guy. It was so uncomfortable. Like six eleven. You know, just I was a lefty, so you know he's throwing behind me. Oh. You know, ninety three mile an hour slider, hundred mile an hour fastball. It was such an uncomfortable bat, like one hundred percent. But the guy that I hated the most was a reliever for the Cardinals named Steve Klein. So funny. I don't know if you've ever, it was like, you know, it's incredible how, and I bet you a lot of big leaguers would say the same thing. You, you think they would say the John Smoltz, the Greg Maddox, the Justin Verlanders, the Max Scherzers. You think they would say that most guys would say, Oh man, this, this reliever they bring in or, you know, and Steve Klein was a guy, he was a sinker slider guy. So he would eat me up in and, and, and get me out of way. And it was so frustrating because I just, (laughs) I couldn't figure him out. And Tony LaRusso, whenever we play the Cardinals, bro, he would bring Steve Klein in to face me if it was a close game or it was a, it was a blowout. And I'm like, why is he bringing in Steve Klein? I'm like, he's just messing with me. LaRusse is messing with me, but Steve Klein dominated me, bro. And so he was my nemesis. When he would come in, I'm like, oh, my God, here goes an O for, you know, well, incredible. Do you think he knows that? Do you think he knew that? Like, oh, are you kidding man. me? Casey, 100%. I got his number. <laughs> Dude, he 100% knew. One time when he went to San Francisco from the Cardinals, I got my first hit off him. Bases loaded. I, they brought him in to face me. I blooped the ball in, got the first base. He looked at me. I'm like, what are you looking at, dude? You've been getting me out for six years. Six years. You can't let me have a bloop to left. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> you got the last laugh, dude. That's awesome. All right, last question I have for you. We're going to drop the mic on this right here. One piece of advice. It can be a saying. It can be a word for a kid who is stuck yeah. in their situation kid or adult stuck in their situation and they just don't know how to get out how can you shift their perspective help them make a small pivot to lead to their future and their breakthrough you know what i think i think this is so important and i i i have it written on my mirror every morning like congratulations because you've won the life lottery right the odds of you being here as a human in 2022 are are one in 420 trillion or whatever the numbers are incredible right and so i always say to this it doesn't matter what you think you are. Like your mind, you know, get your mind to the place of, oh my gosh, I'm a rare gem. I'm a walking miracle. Like I love, I love that the super Powerball right recently was at 2.1 billion. How many times were like, hey bro, 2.1 billion. This is incredible, right? It'll change my life. I can do this, buy this, right? And we and we walk around with this whiny voice in our head saying we're not good enough, we're not good enough, we're not good enough. And we're like, you want the 2.1 billion dollar Powerball? How about you could win that nine times by just being here, by realizing in 2022, you're one of the luckiest person. You win the life lottery every morning. Why are you not saying thank, thank you to the life force that, that, that makes your heart beat 100,000 times? You breathe 25,000 times. You have 50 trillion cells digesting your food. Like, are you mm. kidding me? Like, mm. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care what you, if you think you're not good enough and stuff like that. That's not true. 
So the liar that tells you you're not good enough, stop it. Put a, put your foot down and realize you win the life lottery every day you wake up because the odds of you being here in 2022 are one in 400 trillion because if you think back to generation to generations, all the people have to decide to have kids and grandkids, all that stuff, that's why you're here. So for me, I would just say, don't believe your head at times. That, that little liar that says you're not good enough, that's not the truth. The truth is you're a walking miracle. No one has your handprints, your footprints, your smile, your face. You're one of a kind, man. You're a, you're a literally one of a kind. Mike drop. Sean, that's amazing. <laughs> this is one of the most powerful episodes we've ever had on here, and we've had some superstar studs. Dude, you, you bring it. And I can feel it, and it's authentic, and it's real. So thank you so much for coming on this podcast, man. There's going to be a lot that we do together. I can, I can definitely feel it, man. So Sean Casey, you're the man. Appreciate you big time, brother. David, thank you, man. I'm looking forward to connecting in the future here, brother, and I really appreciate you having me on, man.